Well, hello, everyone. This is Joe Morton. Thank you for joining on this episode of A Cup of Joe, a podcast where I focus on health and wellness, all things health and wellness. And I am so thrilled to have on this podcast, Nicole Brig-Johnson, who is happens to be, if you heard my podcast several months ago, Dr. Von Johnson was on. Nicole is Dr. Johnson's wife and a mother. First and foremost, Nicole, you're a mother of five, right? Five children. Right. Yes. Amazing. Is it five boys? No, we've got four boys and a daughter. Ah, wonderful. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful family though. I've love following your your journeys, you and Dr. Johnson on social media and see your beautiful family grow and, and develop. And as you may have heard from Dr. Johnson's podcast, they moved up, you moved from Utah to Montana, experiencing that wonderful life. And we're so thrilled to have you on the podcast. So thank you. Thank you, Nicole, for being here today. And I want to go, I want to take everyone through a little bit of your resume, your introduction, if that's okay. And everyone just kind of buckle up because this is quite an introduction. It's like amazing. I love, I love following uh, you and Dr. Johnson for many reasons. You're both remarkably fit, but just your resume is quite impressive. So I'm just going to go through this right now, if that's cool. And then we'll dive into our discussion. Master's degree in education and leadership from Southern Utah University. MBA from University of Phoenix, undergrad in accounting and business from Westminster College in Utah, that's up in the Salt Lake area, 20 years service in public education in Utah and high school, uh, you're a high school business, math teacher, CTE coordinator, uh, district consultant, and then high school and middle school principal. Did I get that right? For your education? That's right. Yeah. Wow. A lot. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. And as we go through the rest of your resume here, everyone will be like, okay, she's got to be the fit principal. Everyone's like, whoa, she's so fit. Such good shape. Um, NBC figure competitor, which I want to dive into that. That's going to be very interesting to hear. NPC uh, figure competitor, IFBB, professional bodybuilding, Masters Bikini uh, Olympian 2023, currently an accountant at Deer Lodge Medical Center, and a fitness coach, and you continue to compete, correct? Yes, trying to stay busy. Okay. <laughs> so if anyone's listening, you're like, man, I don't have time. I just don't have time to stay fit. I don't have time to fit all that. I just want you to listen to this podcast, everyone, and just listen to what how I just described Nicole's life. It's incredible. And of course, again, going back to the beginning, add that you're a mother of five and uh, running a household. So incredible. Grateful to have you on, Nicole. And as, as you know, I, I, I've known your husband for decades now, and he's, mm-hmm. he's been very close to my family uh, as a physician and friend. And we, we worked together in a former venture called Zango, and we traveled the world together. And it's incredible, a wonderful human being. And, and I'm just so grateful to, to have you join on this podcast. And let's talk health and wellness, my friend. I mean, this is, this is something that you're passionate about. I know I follow you and I see your, your posts yes. and, and everything. And so I'm excited, but tell us, talk to me about the, this fitness journey of yours. Were you always, was it always a priority yeah. for you? Was this a, was there a catalyst that helped take you to this different level? Like talk to me, talk about this. Cause that's quite a resume and what you've experienced. Well, thanks. I, uh, if you can't tell by that, I, I'm very competitive. And I think I have been since I was a child. I remember, you know, as early as grade school, just uh, anytime there was a physical fitness I um, activity or challenge of any sort, I would get 
really excited. Most kids would complain and, you know, oh, why do we have to do the mile or why do we need to climb the rope? Or, And I always, for whatever reason, got a thrill out of, you know, trying to beat the boys and trying to do the most sit-ups, push-ups, whatever it was as a kid. And then uh, in my adolescent years, I looked up to my uncle Johnny. He was a bodybuilder and competed in Mr. Utah competitions. So I was, I don't know, between 13, 16 years old. And he really kind of lit the fire for me. You know, I never really pictured myself on a stage like he was, but I was just intrigued by his physique and how, and I watched him eat. He was at my grandma's quite a bit. You know, I watched the foods that he ate and his body change. And I was just really fascinated with that. So he kind of got me into lifting in general. So about 15 years old, all throughout high school, I uh, would go to the gym and learned, you know, the proper form and how to lift and what to lift. And even as a teenager, right? Yeah, I just, I got a lot of, you know, there, there is truth in that it really is for your mind, uh, even more so than your body. To me, I got a lot of satisfaction out of doing that and, you know, not necessarily seeing your body change, but I just love the way I feel afterwards and during. So all throughout high school, I would live with friends and my mom, um, he was always into fitness as well. Uh, she was a fitness model many, many years ago. Then I, let's see, from there, you know, I was I was into track in high school, loved the weight training classes. I remember my coach um, in high school saw me. They made us run upstairs and downstairs and do laps in our weight training class. And I would jump like big stairs at a time because I wanted to get to the top and beat everybody. <laughs> And so he had me come out and try doing hurdles, which I absolutely loved. Um, but I only did that for a year because it was it was fun to, you know, the challenge, but I just didn't get out of track what I what I did and just lifting in general. And I actually didn't start competing until 2010 was my first competition, and that was in figure. So if you want me to kind of explain what that is. Yes. In fact, I would like I would like I would like to understand the difference because I'm I'm relatively new. You got MPC figure mm-hmm. competitor and IFBB professional bodybuilding. Those are separate, right? Yes. Yeah. So in 2010, first year, you know, prepping for a show, as we call it. And figure back then is what bikini looks like today. So over time, each division has essentially become bigger in terms of size of muscle. Um, And there's also new categories that didn't even exist in 2010. So in 2010, figure struck me as appealing because of the amount of muscle that women had to have, but also a feminine look. So we had to wear heels, we had to wear jewelry, we had to wear makeup, the hair, you're judged on all of it. So at that time, you know, it was a challenge for me. I only had had three kids at that point. And I thought, you know, I want to try this as a 30-something-year-old with three kids. And I prepped for about four months. So what that consists of is every single day, you are watching what you're putting in your mouth from morning to night. 
generally get one sheet meal per week. And you have to be extremely consistent and dedicated um, in your lists, your workouts, your cardio. Your sleeping um, is really important. So for four months, I really tried to put on a little bit of muscle so I could be competitive for this first competition. And I thought, I'm just going to try this once, which now I know was not going to be once. But <laughs> um, And I competed as a master's athlete, which means I think I, I had to be over 35. So I won the master's division in my first show, the open division. Open is anyone at any age. So I was competing against 20-something-year-olds. You know, there's also sometimes teenagers in those categories. And then I won the overall. So what overall is, is they take the winners of each of the open categories. So you're based in terms of height. So I was, I'm 5'7", so I was always in the taller category. And you're going up against, you know, a lot of other shorter girls, per se. Sometimes taller, but I was usually one of the taller ones. And 5'7 really isn't that tall. But in bodybuilding, um, sometimes it is. <laughs> <laughs> so after winning um, overall at my first show, I was, you know, kind of uh, an awe. I didn't realize that would happen. <laughs> I knew I gave it my all, but... <laughs> that was all in one show? That was one show. So Masters Open, which is everyone, and then overall. Yeah. Whoa, that would have been quite the show. Congratulations. Was, I'm sure the audience didn't love seeing the same person come up 12 times. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they did. <laughs> and so if you win a regional show, that was a regional show, then you qualify to go to a national show. By the way, were you, were you a principal at that time? I was a teacher. They the must time. have been so proud of you. Hey, our teacher <laughs> took all three. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's kind of the thing, Joe. So it's, inspiring. It was, it's not really a sport that everyone understands. So I didn't feel comfortable sharing that with everybody because, you know, some people would see, hey, it's someone in a bikini, therefore it's, oh, I see. Know, has a sexual connotation, but it's not at all. It's about your physique, you know? So I kind of, I didn't, I mean, some of, those that were closer to me knew about it, but not everyone. So you have to win a regional show to qualify to go to a national show. And at the national show, if you win that show, then you get your pro card, which means you turn pro and then you can compete for money. So in 2011, I waited a year and my qualification still was good. I went to Miami for nationals and I got 12th place out of 42 women. So I thought I was a failure, essentially. I was like, wow, I'm not good. And looking back, I'm like, actually, that's really good for your first national show. Um, you know, I, I had no idea what I was stepping into. and So I kind of gave up at that point, 2011, at least for the time. And then uh, when I had twin in between 2011 and 2018, 2018 is when I stepped back on stage as a bikini competitor. However, bikini, like I'd mentioned, was now what figure used to be. So much more muscle. So I don't know if you want me to keep going. It's kind of a long story. So, you know, no, this is, this is great to understand. So you've got MPC okay. figure becomes more the bikini, which yeah. is what we know now. And then you've got bodybuilding in there as well. 
Yeah. So all the divisions are considered bodybuilding. Okay. Um, it's just which division. So figure today has much more muscle than it did in 2010. Much more muscle than I feel comfortable carrying around. So I felt like bikini is, you know, my, my, I still feel like my clothes fit the way I like. I still admire uh, the dedication it takes for the amount of muscle you do have to have. But I also feel still feel feminine. Um, so 2018, after twins, I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to hire this local coach. He's well-known, who I still work with today, staying hugely. And I'm going to step back on stage after five kids and twins to say I could just do it. It was just a challenge for me. So I did my first uh, comeback 2018 in March and once again kind of swept the show in open masters and overall. And coach said, hey, you can turn pro. You know, he was kind of watching me before that show and he's like, you you can do it. And I'm like, really? Because I was ready to give up, you know, just be done and say, okay, I did it. And we chased a couple of national shows, and three months later, I turned pro at NPC Universe in New Jersey and won the overall for 40 and older. So once again, you're divided by height, and I was in the taller class, but beat the shorter girls in overall, won my pro card, and did my first pro show that fall of 2018. And I've been doing it ever since. So... That's kind of the competing story of where I've been and where I'm at today. Wow! And you, you, and you and Dr. Johnson did a show together, or it was like a mail. We did, yeah, we did two shows together, and he had never done one before. I think he was 55 at his first one, and super impressed. He did so well, and was, you know, because he's he's been on and off really into keto, and this wasn't like that at all and he's just eating once or twice a day this is eating several times a day but was outside his comfort zone and he did great he yeah, did you guys awesome look, you guys looked amazing i remember seeing those those pictures side by side remarkable yeah thank you that was quite the experience that's incredible so what a journey you've been on and you're still on yeah. it. you just took congratulations you took masters last year 2023 is that correct yeah, I won my first pro show last year and um, was selected to compete in the Masters Olympia, which hadn't been, they hadn't had the Masters Olympia in over 11 years. Brought it back last year in Romania and they selected 20 women in my division and from all over the world and was able to go experience that and place top 10, which we were really happy with. It was Great experience. Wow, congratulations. That was in Romania? It was in Romania. It's a pretty cool yeah. country, eh? Yes. I fell in love with the country. I had no idea. Yeah, it's a pretty neat place. I had an it opportunity is. to visit there once. Well, and this is this is all while all this competition, all this training, all while raising five children and working at uh as an accountant at Deer Lodge Medical Center. Yeah. So much of this happened uh, when I was a principal, but, uh, you know, when I had mentioned that not everyone understands sport, my school district and the superintendent were extremely supportive. So, you know, I didn't feel, because you're a public figure in education and you've got to, you know, 
take care of your school and your community first. You come second. So to have that support and to be able to do what I was passionate about was meant the world. I can't say enough good about Jordan School District and what they've done for me. Mm, Fantastic. You talked about the mind and how much Mm -hmm. the competition, the training, the everything that goes along with, with, uh, your fitness journey mm-hmm. makes a difference with the mind. So obviously you feel good physically, you know, mm-hmm. talk about the mind journey a little bit, yeah. because I believe that's a big part of our health and wellness. All of us. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, a quote that I, I love from JK Rowling was, uh, we do not need magic to transform our world. We carry all of the power we need inside ourselves already. Ooh, I like that. Oh, You know, and one thing I always say myself is your mind is either your greatest asset or your worst enemy, because you'll be surprised at what your body can do if your mind is strong. Uh, Competing, for example, is not for the weak in terms of how you feel. If you are questioning whether or not you can do it, questioning whether or not you're good enough, you're going to struggle. You have to just... You know that you can, say that you can, and do it. You know, competing, it takes discipline, consistency, time, dedication, understanding, and a good coach. But truly, you know, I mean, you'll have those days where you're like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if this is worth it. I don't know if I can do it. But, you know, the day you step on that stage and you realize, gosh, I didn't give up. I kept going. I was... You know, I felt confident at the at the end, even though you kind of question yourself throughout the process sometimes. It just really is uh, fulfilling to know that you can set your mind to something and actually do it. Because this is by far the hardest thing I've ever done, which is why I get questions all the time. Why do you keep doing it? But it's, it's the... <laughs> To me, it's just that satisfaction knowing that, you know what, I set my mind to something and I just do it. And I'm not trying to like toot my own horn by any means. I just, it is absolutely incredible to see what your mind is capable of. Um, And your body will follow. Body will follow your mind. You know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the book Limitless by Jim Quick. Yep, very much. But he he always mentions, you know, become limitless and you have to have methods in place. You have to have the process. You have to have the mindset and the motivation to become absolutely limitless. If any one of those three are missing, you will not succeed. And so I was, I was really, you know, drawn to his book and his message. In fact, we used his message um, as a full year professional development at my school where I was principal last. And the teachers were just thriving, you know, beyond this methods, mindset, motivation, because you really do need all three. And, you know, we were struggling with the pandemic and students, you know, missing months of school and interaction, face-to-face interaction, group projects, and all those things that are really important in education. And this just kind of helped, you know, turn that around a bit, just seeing things through a, you know, a different lens. I saw him speak recently at an event called Limitless, actually. Um, it, oh, was in, wow. it was in Salt Lake City. It was an event where there were lots of different speakers, and he was one of them. And it was powerful presentation. That is awesome. Yeah. 
great, great content. He's, I love, I love his message. I love that methods, mindset, and motivation. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you brought, you, you mentioned something that's interesting about, I never really thought about this because I have never competed in this particular way mm-hmm. where you're standing up. Although I just finished uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's book. <laughs> it's a good, Oh yeah. It, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a good book. I really enjoyed it. But, uh, and it was fun to follow his journey a little bit where he uh-huh. talks, of course, he's such a key figure in, in when it comes to bodybuilding and, yeah. um, but I've never been in, in that situation where you stand up in front mm-hmm. of a crowd, in front of judges. Mm-hmm. It must help make you really bulletproof. You know what I mean? It's either bulletproof or not. I mean, and yeah. it really, really helps strengthen your, pers- your, your, your desires or your, I guess, strengthen your personality, you know? Uh-huh. You would think, but it's, you still have your days. You know, I, I just remember... Last year, that first show that I had won as a professional and, you know, I I had won, but I immediately wanted the judge's feedback. And there's more than one judge. You've got a head judge and then you have a panel of judges. And I immediately wanted to know where can we be better? Hmm. Uh, Because just because you win one show doesn't mean you're going to win every show. Who shows up, you know, if how how your body has responded to all the changes that you've made that particular week. If your suit's right, if your hair's right, if, you know, your angles are right. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird thing to stand back and think about that you're essentially getting on stage for everyone to critique you and pick you apart. And even if you succeed and beat everybody, you want to know how to be better. And you should, you should never walk away winning thinking, oh, I'm, I'm okay. I've reached, you know, that point because you really don't. There's always something you can improve on and not just in bodybuilding. I think everything, you know, every aspect in life, there's always room for improvement mm-hmm. as a mother, as a spouse, you know, as a competitor. I was going to just say that there's got to be a trans, like a great way to be able to transition that into life, you know, because mm-hmm. we're all on a stage, so to speak, um, metaphoric, right. metaphorically speaking. So what's one thing, would you say having a why, a purpose is an important mm-hmm. part? of staying strong through, again, being on, being on the stage of life, I guess you could say. Yeah. I think everyone needs to have a why to have purpose. And, you know, my why is to inspire and educate and support mostly, you know, women and those over 40. The greatest compliment I can receive is an older woman. I consider myself older, middle age, you know, reaching out for Hey, how did you, do you think I can do that? Or how did you do that? Or, and not the process, right? Not the methods, but how did you get your mind convinced that you can do this? And, you know, my why is to inspire people and to make connections. Connections is, you know, now considered the bottom level of the Maslow's hierarchy is you've got to have connections even before you have filter. If you isolate, 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 you know, you're not going to succeed in anything. So my why is to inspire, I would say, educate and connect. Now you're a coach as well. You're a fitness, uh-huh. co- you're a fitness coach. Does that play into your coaching as well? When you have a client come to you, you start working with them. Do you, where, where do you start with someone? Is, is a why 
part of yeah. that part of that journey? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I would say there's there's a lot of different whys, and I like to be able to discover those because sometimes you know you'll have clients come to you and not really know what their why is. They just want to get in better shape, and then I ask, well. Is it, is this an event you're looking forward to? Is this just your everyday, you know, are you trying to build muscle or maintain or lose fat or improve strength? Are you just looking for, you know, longevity? Do you want to be, you know, in your upper eighties and feel great? You know, my husband, for example, his goal is to live to be probably way older than I want to be. <laughs> He's like, I want to be 110 or whatever it is. Just have a good, strong mind. But, but yeah, absolutely, because then you can tailor, you know, your support around that. When I had, gosh, I had 100 plus employees as a school principal, and that's a lot of different personalities and a lot of different whys, and you've got to know what every person's why is, and you've got to try to support that because that's how that person will be successful. Not about my why. It's about what do they need? How do they thrive? In fact, one of the first things I did with staff, you know, on our very first meeting at the beginning of the year was to write down, you know, what, what makes you thrive? What do you appreciate? And what, what is it that you, you know, what is a pet peeve or what is something that basically turns you off? Because once you know those things about people and you can communicate with them using those tools, your your relationship, your rapport, and what you want them to learn or be able to do with students, you know, or your client goes way further than you could believe. Some people may not think that that's important for a student because you don't hear that. Like I went through the whole schooling system. There's not a whole lot of mm-hmm. discussion of that. There's no, hey, find your why 101, you know? <laughs> and yet how important is that for a student? Gosh. Yeah, very important. Well, and your staff, I mean, your teacher, your students aren't going to learn if your staff isn't feeling taken care of, you know, or heard. That must have been quite an awesome responsibility for you as a principal to, Mm -hmm. to instill that, starting with the teachers, as you mentioned, and then going through to the students. I loved it because it it was a ripple effect. I mean, you would turn, you know, help great teachers turn into excellent teachers and it would just ripple down into the students. Uh, the school I was at last, and I can't take the credit for it by any means, was always top, you know, I would say top five, top six in the state in math, science, and uh, language arts. And it's not because, you know, geographically or the demographics were, you know, that upper socioeconomic. It was because the teachers cared about those kids and that makes a difference in uh, what you produce in terms of your success. So it was, it was quite a challenge and especially being with them through the pandemic and coming out of it, you know, on top and still maintaining those kind of results with kiddos was, it was very fulfilling. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you found this not just in your own life, but, um, your coaching, of course, your, your fitness coach Mm -hmm. as a, I guess you could call being a principal, a coach, you know, you're a coach Mm -hmm. of a whole school. Um, Mm -hmm. and that is helping a person of that why can help 
drive them through obstacles and challenges, correct? I mean, because they're going to come. Nobody's immune to that, right? (laughs) And and so that why and that purpose, I'm Mm -hmm. sure has helped you along the way, eh? Yeah, it really has. And, you know, I kind of keep coming back to connection, but connection was really where, you know, things start to happen. And now that I've kind of been away from that a little bit, I can kind of look around and not necessarily where I'm at currently, but I can see where there's lack of connection in school and in organizations and even a coaching client uh, relationship. If there is no connection, it's just unbelievable how much like, of a roadblock you're putting up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so simple, but it's just not always there, you know? Mm-hmm. So here's, here's a question I have for you. This is, you know, your, your competitor standing in front of the crowd, literally um, standing mm-hmm. in front of judges and, and life and you have so much going What's a, what's a tip that you have, something that you do, one of your hacks to help you with self-belief, self-faith in your journey? Because that's going to be a, that's a big part of anyone's journey. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know, that first show in 2010, before I stepped on stage, I remember thinking to myself, you know, you watch kind of the gal before you go on stage and you're thinking, okay, you know what? I have 30 seconds to get on stage and probably do my individual routine between 30 seconds and one minute. And you know how damn hard I worked for for four to six months or a year to get to this point. And it's such a short time. I am going to walk out there with every ounce of confidence and, you know, just exude happiness and confidence and health in this short period that I have in front of the judges and the crowd and just have them feel what it is that I put into this. Now, you might not always have the very best physique, but you gave it your 100%. Then walk out there with confidence and happiness and show them what you're capable of and what you brought. It probably sounds silly, but I've seen so many competitors before they step on stage, it just, their nerves get to them, you know? oh, well, I haven't practiced enough of my heels or I'm worried about this or I'm worried about who's out there or I don't know about this judge or this or that. You're never going to do yourself justice by thinking those things. You've got to really, like like we said, get back into your mind and just remember what you've put in. Every single day you got up and you did this cardio and you ate all these meals and you drank this much water and this much sleep. Get out there and show them what you've done. And that's just... Once again, probably pretty simple, but that's always helped me right before stepping on. Well, faith and belief, like you mentioned, all those meals, all those workouts, the cardio, the late, the weight, the weights, uh, the the flexibility workouts, whatever you're, whatever you're doing to prepare for that, that helps gives faith and belief and confidence and confidence. Since you mentioned that about meals, I'd love to die. Like, because a lot of people might think that. Oh, if I need to get a physique like that, I I can't eat much. Uh huh. But it's not necessarily yes. the case, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. In fact, funny you say that. The the past, let's see, since probably October. So my last competition was in September in Seattle. Uh, Coach and I put together a plan, and and yes, 
even coaches need coaches. You've got to be accountable to somebody. So probably sounds funny, but every coach needs a coach. Nope. That sounds so, great. <laughs> so my coach and I uh, put together a plan. Granted, I follow his guidance hundred percent. I trust him with my all. And you have to do that with your coach. If you're constantly questioning your coach or not doing what they're saying, you're not going to get results. So he and I work more on macros and meal plans than calories per se. But I would say they uh, double to triple depending on what we're doing. So our goal is to bring on, you know, to put on maybe five, three to five pounds more muscle between September and April of this year. So, oh my goodness. You know, people are afraid of carbs and things like that. But I'll tell you what, you do not get muscles without carbs. <laughs> so I, you know, just for example, right before a show, when you're trying to cut and lean down, I might be on, you know, 50 grams of carbs a day. And that's, you know, depending on the show. So it's not always the same. But in my off season, trying to put on muscle, you could be upwards of, you know, four to 6,000 calories and quadruple your carbs. So, and that's hard, especially for a woman to think, gosh, do I really, do I really want to do this? Because in your mind, you're thinking, well, I'm just going to get huge. Well, no, in order for your muscles to grow, you've got to have significant protein, but also some carbs because it's that combination of fats, carbs, and proteins that really make the magic happen if you're lifting properly. Well, you need the energy to be able to work out. Right. And that energy transfer comes from the foods that we eat and the, ba- the balance. All right. Absolutely. Wow. When you have a client come in, do they, do they kind of go through that? What? Are you kidding me? You are, you're like, I'm sure you have that. It eh? kind of like when you've, you've had your own coaches. Uh-huh. Well, and, and typically you're actually increasing their calories or the number of meals or carbs or protein that they're having. And they actually start losing weight once they eat more. There's this, there's a connotation that, Hey, you know, the less I eat, the skinnier I'll be. Well, yeah, you can starve yourself to death, but that's not healthy. That's not for longevity. That might be for the fit in these pants, but if you really want to be healthy long-term or you really want to lose fat, not muscle, really important not to lose muscle. You've got to have the correct proportion of macros and it's very individualized. Not everyone's the same. What works for me would not work for my husband or my sister or, you know, it's very, very different. But yeah, there's a lot of misunderstanding and uh, people are afraid to eat. But if you want muscle mass, you have to eat. You have to look. If you want to live for many, many years, you need muscle. That is, in fact, I'm trying to remember who said that, you know, muscle is, helps determine how long you're going to live. And be able to do the things you need to do. Can I bend over and, you know, tie my shoes or lift this box to the top of the stairs? Or do I need someone else to do that for me? Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought that up because there is that misunderstanding. I think people really think, oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm just not going to eat. But that's not the right approach. I'm just using that as an example, but it could be I want to get more fit. Oh, getting more fit. I'm not going to eat as much, but in reality, our bodies are designed to have a certain amount of micro macros, the protein, carbs, and fats. And that does change. As you mentioned, you know, you could go from this percentage of protein, carbs, and fats and 
scale it all the way up to five or 6,000 calories in a day. Right. Boy, that's impressive to be able to put that much down. <laughs> well, and I want to be clear too, that competing is not, that's not necessarily what we consider healthy. The way that we look on stage is not something you maintain 24 seven. And it's not, it's not a lifestyle. It's a challenge. You know, longevity is much different. If you want to live a long life, you've got to eat properly, but not to be, because as a bodybuilder, you know, our challenge is hold as much muscle as your skeletal frame possibly can with as little bit of fat. Well, it is, it is good for you to have a little bit of fat. I mean, not excess, but more fat than we would bodybuilders would have on stage, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Sure. Such a good discussion. We could, we could, we could unpackage the whole discussion of macros for quite some time. We might have to have a second one just to talk about macros because that is a fascinating discussion. I love it. Let's, uh, let's, let's kind of go back, um, a little bit to, as I love the fact that you have, you have clients coming to you and they're approaching you with all different are they all competitors or these, your clients could be sometimes wanting to compete, but also just wanting to lose weight or gain muscle or just become more fit. Probably all, all of the above. You know, I actually prefer to work with people who don't compete. I, mine is more, my coaching is more about lifestyle. I think there are coaches out in the industry that are excellent for, for putting you on stage and getting you in that zone um, I like to focus on longevity and teaching clients to be able to do this on their own. Just teaching them how to take care of themselves and how to structure meal plans so that they don't always need me, but they live long, healthy lifestyles. So could I coach somebody, you know, to enter a bodybuilding competition? Yes, but that's not my passion as a coach, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. That's my, that's one of my goals too. I share that with uh, Dr. Johnson, your husband. <laughs> I kind of want to live, live a long time. Uh, yeah. I've, I've joked with my wife, and I, I'm not saying this, but I'd love to, I'd love to live in all three centuries. So I was born in 70. So that means I have to live to 130, Nicole. In oh, order to wow. hit all seven. <laughs> only, only if I could, I, I joke about that. She's like, well, you're going to be by yourself, buddy. But I'm into longevity. My my mindset, like my whole my whole study right now, is focused around uh, longevity, and mm-hmm. I love that subject. It's fascinating because everything you even mentioned sleep, how important sleep is, not just in the competition, but just in general. You probably have to talk to your oh, yeah. your clients about sleep and how valuable that is in your health and wellness. Yeah, program. absolutely. And and there's a lot of other things that. I encourage and try to incorporate that, you know, is outside of the bodybuilding world and that, you know, red light therapy and doing sauna therapy, which I noticed you were talking about that earlier today, Mm -hmm. just essentially biohacking to be able to live long, healthy lives. I think that absolutely improve, helped me um, improve as an athlete, but also just in a lot of other ways too, your mood, your skin, your you know, your organs, it's surprising how many people probably are walking around with fat inside their organs and they don't even know or realize because they don't see it. But there's just so many things you can do. Uh, just little teeny hacks here and there. But sleep is absolutely probably the most important because it doesn't matter 
you know, if I'm building muscle or I'm trying to lose fat or I just want to feel good tomorrow, sleep is always going to come first. Your cortisol is going to, you know, you don't get good sleep. Cortisol is off. You're going to eat terribly the next day. You're going to feel like crap. I mean, that is probably the most important thing you can do is improve your sleep. And it's something that we could do. All of us have control over that if we were to put focus yeah. on it. I loved your husband's podcast on that. That was powerful. It's I've and I've picked up some some good things from what he taught too on how to improve my sleeping. And so I I I track my sleep scores. Uh well yeah. I don't know if it's an official sleep sleep score, it's through my um Garmin. And so it doesn't give me an exact score, but it tells me my deep sleep and my REM and so forth. And so uh, your husband helped me and others that listen to the podcast make decisions differently on a daily basis to make sleep a priority, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've been married about seven years and I still learn something from him every day. So it's, he's good company. <laughs> I think regardless of the goal or regardless of your why or what you're trying to do, or if you're a vegan or if you're a carnivore or whatever you are, protein, 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 protein. For those who are a little bit more aware, you know, or on a health fitness journey themselves, people are always looking for different ways to get their protein in. Um, I would recommend between 0.8 and 1.0 gram of protein per pound that you weigh is a goal you should hit every day or at least, you know, 75, 80% of the time. Hydration water, of course, is always important, um, but my number one uh, recommendation would be to hit your protein intake, no matter what your goal is. Fantastic. And and not all protein is created equally, I would say. You want to look for uh, little cleaner sources of protein, I would say. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to give an overall umbrella of recommendation because there's so many different types of style that, that people prefer. I am not a vegetarian, I think meat is very good for you. And I would, you know, I would recommend great sources of meat, um, white fish, chicken, um, red meat that's grass-fed and grass-finished. That's probably, I mean, I eat red extra lean ground beef every day, multiple times a day and have for many years. So Hmm. that would be you know, if you want to maintain your lean muscle mass. And like I said, it's not, it's not just about bodybuilding, but you need your muscles. You need your muscles to slow down aging and to be able to function and do things uh, that are important in life. Mm-hmm. So those are, you know, some people like whey protein or, you know, I don't really have a preference on that. I just think as long as you're getting your protein intake, you're going to notice some good things happening. Excellent. I love that. Thank you. So we're coming to the end here. Like I said, this has gone very fast because wonderful discussion. I'm so grateful for this, this time that you've given for this podcast. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, How important is being patient with yourself, patient with the process, patient with your body and your, your health and wellness journey Mm -hmm. along the way, being patient and not giving up. Patience is, believe it or not, the area of my life that I always need to work on. It's very important to be patient and also to give your body gratitude for what it does for you. And I think that 
how I have to channel in my patient is to remember, gosh, you know, I'm asking a lot of this body every single day. And I need to be, quote unquote, patient with what I am getting in return from what I'm asking my body to do. I, I didn't really talk about this at all, but gratitude is so important. And if you can learn to, you know, you may be really good with those around you or your family members with being patient, but giving yourself that is critical. Mm-hmm. I love that gratitude. Gratitude mm-hmm. for these bodies. Aren't they amazing, Nicole? I mean, absolutely. we're an absolute miracle, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> and when you, think, when you think about the process of what, a, what we go through preparing for, whether it be a competition, a bodybuilding competition, like what you've been describing, mm-hmm. or uh, running a marathon, or, or just getting fit and in shape, whatever it might be, or doing yoga, my goodness. I mean, well, yeah. And even, you know, I've got a son in college that he's like, why am I so tired? Why am I so tired? Well, we forget that when you're using your brain and your mind all day long, you know, and you're in school and you're learning or you're whatever it is, that takes energy. That takes actual energy. And yes, you will feel tired. So being patient with remembering that, well, gosh, I've been sitting all day, but you've been thinking and studying and that takes energy. Yep. How about patience with whatever the journey is that you want to go on, like whether it be a competition, bodybuilding competition, or whether it be training for a half marathon or a marathon or, or becoming fit. A lot of people get excited at the beginning of the year, but be patient throughout the year as your body goes through the changes that Mm -hmm. you're putting it through and ultimately where you want to be. That's an important process, isn't it? It is. And you know, I, probably one of those weird ones because I I really like the satisfaction at the end of a long journey. And today's world is all about instant gratification. You know, give me this to, I want to peel to lose weight. I don't want to have to change my ways. Well, once you've sacrificed a lot for quite a while, those rewards and benefits are so much more gratifying than something that you could have just taking the shortcut. You know, it's like a marathon. Those marathon runners at the end of the race, there's something about that because it's not just that 26.2 miles. It's how many weekends did you sacrifice? How many days away from your family or, you know, right after work or before work, did you give up to go get prepare for this one day? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, at the end of those journeys, you look back and think about everything you did to prepare for it. And that, that is far, far more satisfying than, you know, I mean, (laughs) I hate to say anything bad about like Ozempic, but taking a pill or taking a shot versus changing the way that you eat or the things that you do in your life, you can get those same results, but it's not going to be quick, like a shot or a pill. Mm -hmm. Far more gratifying. Yeah. So grateful for the journey, really. So out of all the workouts that you do, exercises, uh, reps, whatever you are and all that you do, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite workout, like some sort of a favorite weightlifting? Do you you like leg day best? Do you like arms? Do you like back? What do you, what's your favorite? Cardio? I don't know. Do you know what? I have always loved shoulders for some reason. I, uh, 
I do a full, I dedicate a full day, usually twice a week to shoulders, about an hour of training, multiple different workouts. But I feel like I admire women have a little bit of shape to their shoulders because it's not, it doesn't come easy. Um, I always admired gymnast bodies when I was young. I remember watching, you know, Mary Lou Retton and those and going, gosh, look at the muscle on, look at her legs, look at her shoulders, look at her. And and to me, I'll, I look at a physique like that and think, you know, that I admire that because that's someone who's dedicated. You can't purchase muscle. You can't buy nice shoulders. You have to work for them. So for me, shoulders has always been, you know, something that I've enjoyed doing, but also seeing the benefit, you know, the benefits afterward. In bikini, it's all about your shoulders, your waist, and your glutes. So that's one of the three areas that are really critical in my division. And it's just something I've always loved to do. Wonderful. Love it. Nicole, thank you so much for joining today. Really appreciate it. There's been a lot that we've been able to discuss, everything from your wonderful resume to your competition and congratulations on all the success thus far. I say thus far because sounds like you're going to be continuing that on that journey and your family and, and the balance that you play between family and work and coaching and, and comp- competing and all of the above. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on, on uh, the journey and ma- everything from the fitness side of things, the exercise and the, and the, the nutrition. And we didn't dive into supplementation, but I'm sure that could be open up mm-hmm. a whole nother package right there, but also mm-hmm. the, the mindset side the mindset and the and the emotional side of it i really appreciate you taking the time today nicole brig johnson's with us today uh talking about her journey with fitness and uh, giving great advice life advice coaching advice on this podcast today thank you nicole for joining thank you and thank you for joining everyone on this episode of a cup of joe and if you'd like to, if you'd like to share this with others, we'd appreciate it. It's those who'd like to hear this content. There's a lot of great things that Nicole has uh, shared with us today. So thank you, Nicole, once again. Make it a great day, everyone. Thank you, John.